Where are the client's yachts? Written by Bob Ramsey. The world's best con man, Bernie Madoff, died last week in a North Carolina prison, where he was 11 years into his 150-year sentence for bilking thousands of investors out of $65 billion in the most devastating Ponzi scheme in history. In February of 2020, he asked for early release because he was in the final stages of kidney disease and was in palliative care. I'm terminally ill, he wrote the judge. But Denny Chin was having none of it, saying, It was fully my intent that Madoff die in prison. And so he did. Because con men will always be with us, it's useful to learn just how good Madoff was at bilking even the most sophisticated investors out of their money. As Diana Henriquez, the New York Times reporter who uncovered the whole mess, said, Telling lies is very easy. Telling lies without getting caught, without raising a whiff of suspicion. Telling lies that inspire trust and belief in everyone who hears them. Well, that is very, very difficult. And that is what every successful con man must be able to do. But Madoff, yes, pronounced Madoff, wasn't just successful. He succeeded for close to 20 years, and he fleeced everyone from his wife and two sons, one of whom took his life, to Steven Spielberg and Elie Wiesel, to packs of hedge fund managers whose association with Madoff made them appear prone to the lowest forms of witless foolishness, instead of being staffed by brilliantly intuitive experts. Madoff also swatted aside frequent probes by the SEC, which began in 1992, and ended with this post-mortem report one year after 2008, when he confessed his fraud to his sons, and a day later was under arrest. The examination teams discovered suspicious information and evidence, and caught Madoff in contradictions and inconsistencies. However, they either disregarded these concerns or simply asked Madoff about them. Even when Madoff's answers were seemingly implausible, the SEC examiners accepted them, at face value. Diana Henriquez spoke at a Ramsey talk in 2011 about her book, The Wizard of Lies. She told us what made the former co-chair of the Nasdaq exchange different from every other con man she'd investigated in her 30 years at the Times. Every one of them works to persuade you that they're the smartest guy in the room. That's why you follow them. But Madoff convinced you that you were the smartest person in the room. That was his genius. People threw their money his way, not because he offered them fantastic returns, but because he offered them consistent returns. In fact, from 1990, when his fraud began, to when it all crashed 18 years later, he never had a down year. This proves two things. First, the truth that we fear loss more than we enjoy gain. Loss aversion is the theory of behavioral economics put forth by Daniel Kahneman and Amos Tversky in 1979, but only popularized three years too late in 2011 in their bestseller, Thinking Fast and Slow. The second lesson is, you can't have it both ways. As the Financial Times said, if someone delivers performance with the volatility of boring old bonds, but the returns of equities, then something is wrong. The most successful investor in history, Warren Buffett, noted that only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. That's what sealed Bernie Madoff's fate in the crash of 2008, when investors rushed to take out their money. 
since Ponzi schemes rely on paying existing investors with money from new ones, and with no new money coming in, Madoff was doomed. The Dow Jones closed this week at 34,000, more than twice as high as it was less than five years ago. We are at the peak of one of the longest run-ups in the history of the stock market, so a major correction is likely a matter of when and not if. When it comes, another Bernie Madoff will fall from the sky, though maybe not from as high. I have complete trust that this will happen. But trust these days, especially in financial institutions, is at an all-time low. This is good in a strange and ironic way. It keeps us from being conned out of our savings. I woke up on Monday to see that an email had arrived at 1.35 in the morning from my bank, saying there was a fraud alert on my credit card and to call them right away. But a fraud alert at 1.35 in the morning? I wondered, could this alert be fraudulent itself? So I called the bank's fraud hotline and something sounded off in the person's voice. I asked them where they were sitting, what city, what was the weather like there. My questions immediately got them suspicious and they asked for my card password, which I mistook for my account password or my online password or was it my personal password? Anyway, I got it wrong, of course, which meant he wouldn't answer any of my questions. So there we were in a Mexican standoff, me not trusting my bank and my bank not trusting me. The subtitle of Diana Henriquez's book is Bernie Madoff and the Death of Trust. It's this death that so many of us mourn today, and that's so needed if we're to emerge from the pandemic better than when we went in. For example, I used to trust the public utterances of my Prime Minister and Premier. But lest we think we'll never be conned by the next Bernie Madoff, let me tell you about the longest-running and most successful cons of all. You know all about them. They arrive in your inbox, or more likely, your spam, every day. A Nigerian diplomat has a million dollars to give you. Please just send him your banking information and passwords, and he will personally deliver your fortune to you. Now, who, in their right mind, would ever believe such nonsense? Why do they keep sending these scams? Surely no one. Well, don't be so quick to judge. Scotland Yard reports that every day, a handful of forlorn Americans continue to turn up in hotel lobbies across London, waiting in vain for their promised cash to be delivered. CNBC estimated that Nigerian prince scams rake in over $700,000 a year. It turns out those pitiable, badly written emails are driven by a brilliant marketing strategy of luring only the most gullible and desperate. Presumably, this included David Monroe, the police chief of Surrey in Great Britain, who lost £4,000 to Nigerian scammers. Today's Ramsey Writes was read by Alex Brown.